Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Harley's Hot Seat. I'm your host, Harley, and today on my podcast, we have one of my favorite musicians and a really good friend of mine, Carver Lewis. What's going on, guys? Carver, first off, thank you so much for joining my podcast. Really excited. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. So Carver here is a country musician who was born and raised in the small town of Twill, Utah. For those of you who know where it is, congratulations. For those of you who don't, you're the majority. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a tiny little town outside of Salt Lake City. Very tiny. Now, Carver, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little about on how you decided to change careers from sports to music and how you got to where you are today. All right. So when I was in high school, I, I was really big into the whole sporting thing. Uh, I was a three-season athlete, did baseball, track, uh, football and wrestling and I really was big on football and got recruited by a couple different schools uh, for college ball and um, I was out in Iowa when my dad he told me he said hey if you stay in Utah um, you know I'll buy I'll buy your favorite car that you want if you stay in Utah and I was like oh sweet of course that sounds amazing and so I stayed in my home state, and um, while going to school, I started playing a lot more shows with uh, with my band. And um, right before what was considered my walk-on tryouts up at the university that I attended, which was Weber State University, um, I was a preferred walk-on up there. And uh, what was the, the big thing is uh, I got a call from a big major festival uh, actually out here in my home state. Uh, called Country Fan Fest. They've had Luke Combs, Chris Lane, um, Reba McIntyre, so many great artists have played at this festival. And uh, anyways, I got a call from them and I was like, yeah, for sure. I definitely want to do that. And then it actually so happened to be in the same time that that football, um, that football team's, uh, goodness gracious, I believe it was like their summer practices were going to go on at the same time. And so I was like, oh man, I got to make some decisions. And then I decided I want to be able to walk when I was like, you know, in my 60s. <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, that, that's how I decided to take the musical route and, and that crazy path. The world really did say, hey, you got to choose music or sports. Yeah, it definitely did. It definitely did. But I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, you know, I, I still get around, you know, we still still play some pickleball every now and then. <laughs> Pickleball's fun. It's a good time. I'm not good at it, but it's a good time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, you don't have to be a pro. I mean, I'm still terrible, but, you know. <laughs> you have music to fall back on. You're good. You're good. Exactly, exactly. All right. So you released your debut single, Three With You, way back in 2017. And then that was followed by an album. What was the process in creating music that was going to be released to the entire world, basically? So, of course, you know, the start of the process comes with the writing of the songs and everything. And my my first go-round um, was... Man, it was so hard because that I wrote most of those songs my very first year of college, um, my first year out of high school, kind of just going through like those things that I thought were major at that time in my life. And then like I look back and realize I'm like, wow, that was that was nothing, <laughs> you know. And um, and so, yeah. And then the guys who were with me at that time, uh, Mike Sutton, who's my drummer now, um, still my drummer, uh, has been with me for the last uh, five years. And uh, my guitar player at the time, his name is Zach. So um, amazing, phenomenal, still friends. And, uh, you know, they really wanted to push and try and get some recorded. And so I was like, you know what? Absolutely. So uh, we, we 
as we played shows, um, a lot of our money that we made at that time just went right back into um, kind of our funds for recording so that way we could get uh, these songs recorded because uh, I, I would pretty much you know write write the lyrics um and then bring kind of the chord structure and then let the guys do their work and you know put their own twist and everything onto it and so um by the time we hit the studio we already kind of knew how we wanted the songs to sound and then um while we were there we were we were in and out of the studio for i'd say almost a year until we actually released um the full length album and we had a, a phenomenal producer at the time. Um, his name's Joel Pack. He's uh, at the studio called Rigby Roads, and he's like produced the Neon Trees and some other phenomenal bands that have come out of the Provo, Utah area. Um, Royal Bliss, who just got signed um, with a label out in California, um, he, he's done phenomenal work. But uh, yeah, it was when we brought it to him and uh, and his. Uh, co-producer jordan i mean those two just really brought the songs together so it was it, w- it was an amazing experience and definitely for my freshman album their freshman ep definitely a fun one i totally agree i think i i like the album you know but i'm biased fine i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> i tell everybody i said hey you gotta listen to this carver lewis guy you know he's good yeah gotta- <laughs> i appreciate that so what has changed when it comes to writing music because like you said earlier with your earlier album you had different life experiences then compared to now is now do you focus more on writing about your life experiences or like the fun scenarios that can pop up in your head? So um, that's actually the crazy thing is, is back then the the music with being such a like a very young songwriter, even though I I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm only 22. I'm still very young, (laughs) but back then everything was so raw. Um, everything was like straight what happened in my life that album at that time was what i was going through um in my life and and towards the end of it was like um country came the song country way came uh weekend night kind of more of like my fun and exciting partier songs and and that was because uh that was like the end of my freshman year of college of course everyone has to go kind of through that phase (laughs) to have a little bit of excitement um, but the beginning of that was definitely like when I was fresh out of high school, fresh out of uh, a relationship and stuff like that, that I was like all heart destroyed upon. But then I look back, like I said, and I'm just like, oh, man, you know, what doesn't kill you make you stronger. And then now um, how it translate to my writing now, you know, it's it's so much different, especially the way like Nashville songwriting comes to is because I'm trying to think change up was just an out of the blue. I wanted to write an upbeat song that. I don't know, kind of sounded like more summery, more fun vibes. And I just wrote that one just in mind of that. And then um, one of my latest tracks, it's not released yet. It's called uh, Back. I wrote that with some good friends of mine, uh, Gabe Walsh and Landon McGee out in Nashville. I literally went up to Landon. He was playing on Broadway. And I said, hey, man, and it, like didn't know him at all. Just said, hey, man, you, my, I'm in town for six days you want to catch a right one of these days and then he's like yeah let's get your number you know we'll up and i went to a writing session on music row in nashville and and then i walked in the room and and gabe walsh was there and we went in and they're like hey so you know what's your idea and i had maybe two lines and they're like all right so what's the gist of how you're feeling in this and i was like man i i don't know like what, what are you guys thinking and so it kind of just bounced around the room and then we're like, all right, you know, let's kind of build off of what you already have and then see where it goes. And we wrote 
back in like 30 minutes. It was insane how fast we worked, but how well we all clicked, which was probably my favorite thing is just getting into a writing room where you just click with your co-writer. So yeah, it's it's definitely a lot different um, compared to where everything was so personal before. And now it's pretty much you can come up with uh, a scenario and write about it. So I also like change. You know what? It's just going to be me complimenting your music the whole podcast. That's what this is. It's fine. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. So we've talked about the writing process and you coming up with ideas. What has been your absolute favorite performance you've done since you first started? Ooh, that is so hard. Because, um, you know, you have so many memorable performances. Man, I would have to say that my, my most favorite performance that I've ever done was we had a fly date out to California uh, to Country Summer Music Festival back in 2018. And that that festival is off the chain. Um, I think there was 10,000 people in attendance in the day that we played. We opened up for Lindsay L. And then later on that night, Florida Georgia Line closed down the bars. But um, it was insane. It was the coolest experience. The atmosphere was unreal. And just the other artists there were so inviting. Met a good guy. His name's uh, Coffee Anderson. Amazing country singer-songwriter. I don't know. It was, just, it was just a surreal experience because I never thought at that point, that was my very first fly date. And I never thought to that point that we'd ever do any sort of fly dates, especially that early on. I think at that time we were only like two and a half, three years into being a band, especially on the country scene. So it was, it was very surreal for me and it was just amazing. So that was definitely my, right now to this day, that's definitely my favorite experience. You have to say that to this day, cause you're blowing up, you know, you got more, more, performances happening eventually soon after this whole corona thing calms down a bit hey i i definitely i definitely agree i mean i, I don't know about blowing up uh we're definitely uh, you know chipping at the chipping at the grindstone um trying to get our foot through the door and trying to get our music out to people but no I de- there's definitely going to be a lot more shows in the future like i said I mean, we're, we're still pretty young uh in the country scene so i'm just excited for what the future has to hold too i'm excited to see you live Again. <laughs> I'm excited to see you at a show. Yeah, I saw you at, um, when you opened up for Rodney Atkins at uh, Cherry Peak. Yes, Cherry Peak was, Cherry Peak is always a fun time. Uh, and Rodney was phenomenal. I mean, we, we've played that venue uh, twice so far. Um, the first time was uh, for Country Legends, Diamond Rio, which I grew up listening to, watching them on CMT. And then um, going to play with Rodney and it's a it's one of the coolest venues because it's just tucked up in the mountains and like you got the pines and everything surrounding you just it's just a surreal little amphitheater type setup that they have up there but um it's really pretty absolutely I was gonna say and the weather is perfect I thought we were gonna get rained out for a second but then of course the light started coming through and everything but that's definitely a fun thing or a fun good old time and then and then we we're, we're supposed to play with Rodney again in June. So I got my fingers crossed that this whole little virus thing uh, kind of kicks the bucket before uh, before summer is completely canceled. I have the same hope for you. My fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed. I'm ready to. Absolutely. All right. So along with ro- opening up for Diamond Rio, Rodney Atkins, you got to you got to um, work with Florida Georgia Line at the festival you talked about earlier. Is there any? artists that you just absolutely dream of opening up for on a world tour on a if if we ever did a world tour 
I mean, right now I'm sure a lot of people would say, you know, Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, um, you know, Brad Paisley, Keith Urban, all those guys. To be honest, the one artist that I would absolutely just go off berserk if I ever had the opportunity to tour with would definitely be Russell Dickerson. Um, the guy is insane. He's a monster when it comes to performing. Um, his wife is one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, I absolutely love his band. Shout out to my boy, Graham. Uh, <laughs> I named my dog after you. <laughs> but um, no, absolutely. It's, I mean, that, that would definitely be an artist that I would, I definitely look up to to this day. His songwriting is um, so pure and, and just you feel everything when you listen to his songs. And you can just definitely tell that, like, he writes his songs for his wife, and it it's the greatest thing. And like I said, if, if you haven't seen a Russell Dickerson show, you need to see a Russell Dickerson show. Because I, like, I strive to be like him. <laughs> he's on my bucket list, you know, along with, like, lots of other people. He, he's up there. He has to be in my top five. Yes. I'm so happy. What about some of the struggles that you faced and how you overcome them? So struggles for sure. Um, in the music industry, there's always going to be struggles. I mean, like you're going to get shows that are shot down. You're going to get shows that are swept out from under your feet by other artists. Um, you're going to have cancellations while you're on the road. Uh, I'll just go most recently, and I'm sure that you're affected by this one. Um, we were set to play uh, the week before the ACNs in Las Vegas at Stoney's Country Bar, and it got canceled because of this whole coronavirus. We're excited to see that was going to be our first time at Stoney's, and and I know that they've been streaming us on Country AF Radio. Um, shout out to Stoney's and Country AF. <laughs> no, absolutely, and it's it's just things like that. I mean, as all my other artist friends know, you just got to roll with the punches, and you know just not get yourself down especially like if you lose a show to other artists um because i mean things happen and you know everyone has to pay their dues and that's all i consider is you just paying your dues to you know hopefully years of success later on down the line like you said you're only 22 years young you know you got you can be like george Strait. george Strait has been touring since and he's like 70 something you know whoa 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 george Strait is not 70 something is he really I think so. He's like 70 or 60. I thought he was in his late 60s. <laughs> That's close to being 70. Okay, you know? oh, okay, okay. Understandable. <laughs> what are some of your future goals for you as an artist? Oh, man. So many, so many goals and so many bucket list items that I that I hope to achieve. And that's, I mean, that's the only thing I can say is to, to hope to do it. Because uh, nothing is guaranteed in this industry. And that is straight for a fact i'm sure every artist can definitely agree with on that goals play the play the opry that is my biggest goal right now to one day uh stand in that same circle that so many wonderful and amazing artists have done play with the opry band that would be surreal i mean i i don't even care about having a song on the radio just if i would be able to play in the opry that would be the greatest goal and achievement to me as far as in the country music world goes be so cool i don't even know how like you would react like you're up there and you're just like this is happening right exactly i mean i i remember watching ashley mcbride's debut at the opry and uh, she sang uh, girl going nowhere and she like got real emotional kind of towards the end and it was the crowd just goes wild i thought it was the greatest thing i was like oh my gosh how amazing <laughs> that's just oh yeah i don't know i that that gives me goosebumps that's that's nerve-wracking right there 
Heck yeah. <laughs> Any other goals you have for like the next year, couple of years? Uh, so definitely those short-term goals. Um, you know, definitely want to kind of expand as far as shows go, expand out to the East Coast a lot more. I've been wanting to do that for the last year, year and a half or so. Um, get more of a, a scheduled tour where everything is set in stone because a lot of times our tour doesn't finish booking up until man uh like three months before the summer which is insane to a lot of artists because a lot of people already have their show and their tour announced by that time frame where mm-hmm. ours is just getting finished up um, we like to fly you know off the seams i guess and roll the dice when it comes to shows <laughs> but we've been we've been pretty lucky as far as like our booking and everything goes um as far as some of these major festivals and and getting to play with some of these bigger artists. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely main goal right now for the next uh, year, year and a half, is getting more shows out in the East Coast. I think you should go to the East Coast. I'd go see you in the East Coast or in the West Coast, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to say, there's nothing There's nothing like the East Coast. I mean, my sister, she lives out in Georgia. And, and of course, I go to Nashville a lot. There's nothing like that, that Southern East Coast. And then um, I have a couple of friends who are up from like uh, the New York area and they just say that the country scene actually in New York is not too bad from my understanding is what they say. So I, th- I just think it'd be fun. Cause like I've been to Iowa and you know, the North, you know, so I think it'd be f- fun. All right. To get through there. Um, had a couple good friends of mine that have toured that area and they say, you know, Indiana is always a good time. So, but like I said, well, that that's the goal for right now. I think it's a good goal. I think it's an attainable goal. Absolutely. Excited. That's where I, I want to head towards the east eventually one day. I just have to earn some money and then I'll head that way. Heck yes. I, I definitely recommend Savannah, Georgia. It's insane. Nashville's been calling my name though. You know, I'm getting like job opportunities over there and I'm just like, well, you know, might as well check it out. Hey, Nashville is the place to be, especially in this industry. I mean, uh, you could be on Broadway one night and you could seriously run into half of CMT's staff and it's 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 just insane how how many connections uh, you can make in Nashville in like five days. <laughs> it's insane. So my plan is just going to take my resume and just pass it out. You know. Hey, there you go. Absolutely. You know, might as well. My biggest thing is you don't know until you try. <laughs> um, but talking about all of these future plans, you really have gained traction and popularity, especially with your fan base. Did you know you have a fan page? Uh, yeah, actually, I just saw that the other day, and I was just like, they have some pictures that I don't even have, and I'm like, who is sending these people these photos of me? <laughs> I'm like, who made this account? Uh, but they, they're awesome. I, I totally support it 100%. Um, I actually followed them back because, I mean, you know, it, you, you got to support the people who support you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I saw it the other day, and I'm like, that's real funny, because I remember we talked, I... I don't know, sometime last year we were working together and I said, watch you get a fan page. And now you have a fan page. Now, now we have a fan page and it is bumping. They are, they're pushing hard. I think the other day I saw like them post something about trying to get me to a certain number of followers. And I was like, oh, man, whoever's running this is awesome. I love them. <laughs> they're killing it. I'm going to be honest. It's, it's one of the best fan pages I've seen. I know. I think they post like twice a day. I love it. <laughs> You started your music career sort of young, you know, about what you were 18 or 19 and now you're 22. Do you have any advice for anybody who wants to jump in the country music train as an artist? Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. 
So I started, I started my like playing with a band and playing uh, kind of you know more audience shows um, when I was about eighteen and nineteen. I started out playing mom and pop shops when I was sixteen and seventeen. Actually, no, no, seventeen. Yeah, it's about seventeen area. You know, all I gotta say to the you know to young kids or to anyone who's looking to get into the music realm or you know the music world um you know don't be afraid to ask um you know barbecue joints or family restaurants if they would let you come in and play live music because that's literally how i it started out for me i started out playing at this place called locals which was like a sports bar and they never did live music and that was like my first kind of steady gig and then i went into a brewery and then into a barbecue joint and then pretty much from there you know, county fairs and festivals just slowly started gathering traction. And when I say festivals, I mean, like, you know, like arts festivals and stuff like that to start out. And then now, of course, we're playing like Country Fan Fest, Country Summer Music Festival, The you know, the major ones that are like three days long and it's all your favorite country artists. It's 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 a grind, you know, and, and no one's journey is ever going to be the same. I mean, mine and Luke Combs' journey is completely different. I've been striving at this for the last five years. And, you know, he did he did Vine when that was really big, and that really helped his traction. Same with, like, Kane Brown, Sam Hunt with YouTube and everything. So, I mean, everyone, everyone's journey is different. I mean, like, um, who was it? Russell, uh, the, the, I'm always going to go back to Russell Dickerson because he's, him and me are very similar because um, he had this story where he and his wife drove, like, six hours to go open up for... I want to say it was either Brett Young or Brett Eldridge and for like just him and his guitar and then, you know, him and his wife packed into this like SUV. I, and, I, and I just love that because it's like, that's the true struggle of a musicianship. Like all the old boys who used to have to travel everywhere just to, in order to get in front of some audiences in front of a dive bar. But yeah, if you're looking to get in the music industry, no, it's going to be a hard struggle, but just keep pressing through and be as kind as you can to your fans because they're going to be the ones who you know are paying your way across you know the united states or across the world they're the ones who are taking time out of their day to come see you and spend their hard-earned money on you so definitely be appreciative for them that's all i got to say for you know up-and-comers who are looking to get into it that's really good advice thank you you know, write a memoir. That's what it should be titled, you know, the advice I to <laughs> artists. All right, you got it. <laughs> well, I just have a few, like two more questions and then we can wrap up this episode of a podcast. Thank you again so much for taking the time and talking to me on this. No, absolutely. I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Thank you for having me. Of course. I was so determined. I said, if I start this podcast, my first guest has to be Cara Lewis and that's it, you know? Absolutely. I'm so excited. I, and thank you once again for having me on here. I truly appreciate it. You know, we've talked about a whole range of things when it comes to your career from concerts to fans to advice, but is there anything that you wish listeners would know about you, Carver Lewis? Oh man. Oh, that's such a hard question. Um, Cause I feel like I'm quite, like, I'm a pretty open book. Like um, the person that I am behind the music is always going to be like, you know, what, what you get on pretty much what you see is what you get with me. And I feel like you could definitely uh, relate to that because I mean, you've met me multiple times. I feel like I'm always, a, you know, a pretty decent person and stay the same person. I'll of course always have a lot more excitement while I'm on stage just because it's hyped. Um, but like off the stage, I'll, you know, I'll still some music festivals also go around at like two in the morning and play at some random random person's campground if they want live music and they don't even know who I am. So it's amazing. 
I I really I hundred percent agree with you. I think you are the same person. I've met you in crazy concert venues, and I've met you well just via the phone, having you know, like a normal conversation, and you've been the same. It's, it's pretty thing that you don't change that much. Well, uh, and and that's my thing is like I I want to be as normal and down to earth as most people could ever think. Um, like if you look at George Strait, that's exactly how everyone says that George is, is that he's the same person through and through. I mean, and he's one of the only classic cowboys who's actually you know done rodeo and actually sang country music besides like Chris Ledoux. So and and to me, I think that's great. And I mean, that's what I kind of grew up doing was rodeo and stuff like that. So to be as honest as you can be and you know, as, as hard of a worker as you can be and the best person you can be. Um, that's like what I strive to be. Yeah. To everyone who's listening. I mean, like if you want to have a conversation, go ahead. I'm, I'm completely up for it. And yeah, that, that's, that's the, that's the behind the curtains is that I am always and will always be the same person. So awesome. Barbara, I love you. You know, you're just great. You're just great. You know? <laughs> Thanks. I try. Well, my final question sort of related to that, where can people contact you or follow you and where can they most importantly play your music? All the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, that's where all my social media stuff, if you want to see kind of the inside look and, and what goes on behind the music as well. I've decided to start doing a lot more of that with my band and you know some some of my family members as well so anyways all the social media is there and then as far as music streaming um google play amazon spotify apple itunes pretty much anywhere and everywhere that music is available uh you can find me um just look up carver lewis and and that's where you can see it right here folks make sure to follow carver lewis on instagram facebook and twitter at carver lewis music and stream his music. He's really good, guys. He he really is. I, I swear I'm not just saying this. Promise. <laughs> You're too kind. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode. Thank you again, Carver, so much for taking the moment to talk to me and telling me about your passion of being a musician. It truly is inspiring. Oh, thank you so much, Harley. And I, I truly appreciate you taking the time and having me on this episode. Of course. And thank you to all my listeners. Catch me next week with another episode of Harley's Hot Seat. And if you're ever interested in talking about your passions, make sure to DM me at harj98 on Instagram or Twitter. Thank you again. And that will be the end of this episode.